Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Yeah, hello and welcome to the NFL Show, Episode 7. Uh, my name is Dan Frost, and as always, I'm joined by the best panel in the business. We've got Stacey and Alex, and I guess the cat is out of the bag. You know, something that I guess we've teased a little bit on social media is the fact that we've been able to secure uh, another big name who has joined the Sports Network and joined the show. Uh, Beck, we want to welcome you uh, onto the show. Really excited to have you. Uh, yeah, welcome. Hey, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be a part of the team and just come and talk about football and all the fun things happening in the league. We're already getting questions uh, coming through on social media about, you know, your background and things. So um, like we did at the start of the network, we'll uh, we'll dig in, we'll do a one-on-one um, interview with you and we'll release that. So listeners, hang tight. We'll, uh, we'll get that out uh, sooner rather than later and you can find out all about Beck, including her own incredible career uh, within the sport. And um, yeah, really excited for you to bring all your knowledge uh, to the show. Alex, exciting times having Beck on board. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I was with Beck as a teammate this past year, and she's awesome. Her football knowledge is great, so I think she's going to be a great asset to this team, and it's going to be fun to talk football. This is what we do in our, in our spare time. So it's nothing new for us. And, Stacey, I have to commend you on your recruitment uh, ability. Uh, to, to Obviously, you're a big part of, um, you know, uh, I guess, helping getting Beck over the line onto the sports network. Um, again, uh, excitement levels are high here on the NFL show. Yeah, for sure. You know, we had a, a bit of a, a Zoom game night the other week and uh, you know, Alex Beck and I just got there a little bit earlier and we just ended up just talking football for like 10, 15 minutes straight. And uh, it just, you know, she was the first person that came to my mind. I was like, who do I want to talk more football with? And, you know, Beck and I have some great banter. So it's going to be fun. Uh, exciting times. All right, guys, let's talk some football. Okay, well, let's jump into our first segment now, uh, the huddle. And as always, each week on the huddle, we pick out a, uh, a particular team uh, to feature each and every week. And this week, we're, we're going to be focusing in on our teams from the preseason. So it's been a little bit up and down for our teams, but let's jump in and take a look. Leave no regrets out there. That is what a real champion is made of. And for the Philadelphia Eagles, the long drought is over. How about those trees? A touchdown and a title for the Patriots. I can't believe it. They have completed the greatest comeback in Super Bowl history. Those will be the best memories. Yes, and this week uh, we're going to dig in on the preseason that has just come and gone, uh, and we're going to be looking at three particular teams this week on the huddle. Uh, those teams are the Chicago Bears, the New England Patriots, and the Seattle Seahawks. Alex, we're going to start with your team, the Chicago Bears. I guess it's been a it's been an incredible off season, a very noisy one from a media perspective, and it's got a little something to do with the quarterback situation, which uh, you know I know we've spoken about previously, but yeah, it's a bit of a hot debate at the moment. Oh, it sure is, and as you said, you know, there's definitely been some media buzz about it. You know, Matt Nagy on backwards and forwards and recanting what he was saying and changing his wording, and who's going to be quarterback number one? We now know it's going to be Andy Dalton. Um, which excitement is, levels are through the roof, Andy. Dalton. Oh, through the roof, hundred percent. You know, I don't know if that's coming through in my voice. The sheer excitement I have to watch him week one step out on the field. Look, I got to commend Justin Fields. He had a great preseason. Um, I, I wish he kind of started a few more. Uh, maybe the 
first game and the third game. Um, I was, you know, bummed to kind of see him only get one start. But, look, I'm liking the wide receiver room at, at Chicago, and uh, that tight end part is looking good. My question is, why is Justin Fields not practicing with the ones? Like, even though he didn't play all of the preseason games, reports were that he wasn't even practicing with the ones. Like, at some point, he's going to have to step up into Andy Dalton's shoes, why is he not getting the reps with the first team? I mean, I'm not at Bears camp. I can't tell you that exactly, to be perfectly honest with you. (laughs) I feel like that's insider knowledge I wish I had. Rumor has it he was training with the ones kind of going into week three and at the back end in a preseason. Um, But yeah, you're right. He needs those reps for those ones. Um, I think that's going to be a huge benefit to him. But, you know, if Andy Dalton's starting – why are you giving him reps to the ones when you're not even going to play them during preseason? But, yeah, so, look. Yeah, and, and to round it off, so Alex, um, just a bit of a report card for the Bears, and we'll, we'll go around the grounds on this one. Yeah, if you just give them a bit of a report card for their preseason, uh, yeah, what's your thoughts? B+. Plus. Loving the tight end situation. Wire series looking good. Running backs got to stay healthy, but I think niggling injuries on certain defensive line and O-line is going is to cost us a little bit, I think. All right, now, Beck, let's jump into your team, the Seattle Seahawks, because, you know, you talk about media buzz and, uh, you know, when you're covering the NFL, you're not too far away from a Russell Wilson story or a Pete Carroll uh, story sort of out there. Uh, You know, there was murmurings that he was a little bit unhappy in the past, but things seem to have settled down a little bit. Uh, So far, it's been pretty good. I mean, it's hard to tell because we haven't really started any of our starters, so we have no idea what kind of condition they're coming into preseason. We're hoping that the reason why they're not starting is because training camp is giving them everything they need to be prepared for the season, which is kind of a plus when you look at it. Um, But in terms of who is starting, I think Geno Smith as a backup is a pretty great option. Um, We have such depth in our receiving team. We have DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. We've just drafted... um, uh, young, I think his name's uh, uh, Eskridge. I can't, I don't know how to say it properly, but um, yeah. So, in terms of offense, I think we have potential. Um, the only downfall is our O line. I think we always struggle in that position every season going in. There's always the potential that our running game isn't going to be as strong as it has been in the past. Um, and then flipping to the defense side, I think um, we're slowly building back up. We did go through a stage where we had the Legion of Boom and it was thriving and we were one of the best defenses in the league. And then we kind of couldn't afford to keep everyone within our salary cap. So we slowly lost our Legion of Boom and had to try and rebuild. And we've struggled to do that um, in our secondary. We have Jamal Adams now, which is great, but I think we need to have other players around supporting him as well. Yeah, and Beck, it's really interesting in a salary cap environment where, you know, if you've got your QB on a rookie contract, you can go out and you can spend money, you know, across the roster. And and, and I guess what you end up seeing is a little bit more consistency on both sides of the ball. But once that once that bill comes due and you've got to pay that big money like you guys have had to do with Russell Wilson, to your point, you know, they've had to make some really tough decisions, but... Um, you know, adding to the fact that you guys don't appear to have a lot of draft capital because the fact you've had to go out and sort of make those trades. It's been particularly challenging to, I guess, build a bit of a balanced roster um, there in Seattle. So I guess just to to recap it, what would be your scorecard there for um, Seattle over the preseason? How are you feeling about the season ahead? Um, yeah, I'll probably give him like a B. I'm looking forward to seeing some of the young linebackers step up on defense and make some plays and kind of keep 
the um, offense on the field. So hopefully look forward to some big things happening. Yeah, excellent. All right. And Stacey, let's have a look at our team, the New England Patriots. And yeah, it's an interesting scorecard. I think, you know, Stacey, we talked at the start of the show to kind of come up with a bit of a combined one. And, and we, we sort of came out at a, at a C because, you know, there's just so many questions here. And we've got this team up there at Buffalo who appear to be flying and they're, they're going to take out this division. So we really need to get a few things in order. Obviously, there's, there's question marks in and around the quarterback position. Um, the receivers, again, that's still very problematic. I wouldn't mind borrowing a couple from Seattle. They, they appear to have that have that kind of figured out. And our tight ends just cannot stay healthy. So we went out and spent serious money on our tight ends. They've been injured most of preseason, which has made it very, very difficult. But, you know, the, the one shining light, you're exactly right, Stacey, has been the running back situation. Let's just hope that the Sony Michelle trade doesn't come back to bite us. All right, guys, well, let's jump through now to our next segment in the match, and this is where each week we put uh, two players up against each other, 1v1, to see who comes out on top. And uh, tonight we're going to go, we're going to uh, bring forward two legends of the game on the defensive side of the ball. The most anticipated match in history, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, let's get ready to yeah, and tonight we've got two absolute superstars uh, of the game uh, on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Beck, we've got a fan favourite of yours. We've got Bobby Wagner from the Seattle Seahawks coming up against Levante David uh, there at Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Beck, we're going to start with you. Bobby, you know, he's uh, he's certainly built a decorated career out there at Seattle. Yeah, definitely. Like, he's been the face of our defence for, I want to say, the past 10 years. Like, he's a leader on and off the field. He's shows it in his stats, you know, he's just a great player all around. He's a seven-time pro bowler. How do you deny him being one of the best when he's being recognised by everyone around the league by being selected? Um, He's also, you know, leading the team in tackles and getting up there and getting into the backfield and disrupting play along with the D-lineman. I like him One thing I like about him coming out of college, like he was great in college, right? He number one in tackles assists in WAC in 2010, right? So, but what I like about him now is like his solo tackle rate has climbed since he's joined the NFL. Like college assists leading the, leading the zone. Comes to the NFL and he's like, you know what? I can do this on my own. Thank you very much. And it takes like to have a like a solo tackle is such a momentous occasion, you know, especially playing on the defense. Um, it means he like the dude is just he he reads the ball better than anyone that I've seen, you know. And he's a great pass catcher. I mean, not, he's a great in pass coverage, better than anybody, you know. I mean, he's just great. Yeah, he plays side to side, up and down football. Like he's all over the field. He's fast. He's strong. He, you know, he like you said, his solo tackle count is incredible, which means that he's in the right place at the right time, taking the right angles. He's not getting getting stepped or overrun. Like he's just a solid player. He's someone that you want in your fantasy team, that's for sure. Do you believe in his ranking? I mean, he went from thirteen to twenty five. How are we feeling about his top one hundred ranking? I mean, he's still in the top 100, right? Like, I think, I think being <laughs> coming, well. yeah, coming into the season, being in his 10th season, right? There's this stigma around players getting old and players dropping off and all that kind of stuff. And he mentioned it in one of the sideline interviews during the preseason game that he feels better than ever and just as good as he has, ever has. And that, like, all the stigma around this just means that he's going to go out this season and prove that he's still a top quarter a linebacker in the league. Like, he's just consistently tackle after tackle, tackle totals, his sacks. He's just one of those players. He consistently puts up numbers. And as you said, he, in that, you know, interview, he feels better than ever. So that's what you want out of your linebackers. 
Yeah, no, it's 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 going to be interesting to see how he how he goes this year, and I guess we're a little bit sentimental because you know Beck the the the, uh, the I guess the historic defense that Seattle have had over a large number of years slowly but surely we've seen it uh, pulled apart, but yet you know they you know Bobby's still there and he's still performing at a great level, and you know I, I think he's um you know I think he's on a Hall of Fame trajectory if he if he hasn't already he's certainly you know got the production out there, and I guess what's going to be interesting is that. The leadership side of things for Bobby, I think, is going to be really, really important because Seattle are going to have to come up with answers on the defensive side of the ball through youth. They've got no other options there. So um, I think, you know, what Bobby's been able to do is to prove that he can mentor younger players. So, yeah, what's your thoughts? Is Bobby the is Bobby the man to continue to lead the defensive side there? Oh, 100%. Like, if you look at the linebacker depth that we have now, um, the young guys coming in are playing like they're starters, like in the preseason, Cody Barton is his backup and he's playing like he should be starting. So that just comes to prove that he is leading that cohort around him and bringing them up and coaching them and just doing everything that he needs to do to make them as good as he is. And uh, Alex, if we have a look at his competitors tonight, Levante David, a special, special player who, who has built quite an amazing record. I guess one of the things that I wanted to touch on though is it is kind of nice when you see players who, you know, they're, they're, they've, they've stuck with a, a team, they've been loyal, they've gone through some really hard times, some really difficult seasons. It's kind of just good to see that, you know, Tampa Bay, you know, they went on and won the Super Bowl last year. They're now considered to be one of the best teams in the league. You kind of like to see that, almost like a veteran being rewarded for sticking around and being loyal. Yeah, 100%. And I think that's what's so cool, kind of like matching these two players up. They came into the NFL at the same time, same positions. You know, they were close as far as numbers in college and they're close as far as numbers go in the NFL. So they're really kind of fun to to do this matchup with. But yeah, as you said, drafted by Tampa Bay has kind of stuck around. And as I think we've mentioned maybe in the past, Tampa Bay just kind of silently built like a really good team, right? They didn't go out and kind of, signed big names for like one or two years. They kind of got these players that were good. You know, they weren't first round picks, but they were second, third round kind of tier athletes who they knew that they could mold and build into a substantial franchise. And I think that's what they've been able to do, especially in the likes of Levante David, who now is getting rewarded for his time sticking around with Tampa Bay. And and rightly so. He deserves it. I mean, his numbers are insane. I mean, but at the same time, you know, when, uh, when, Levante, you know, was drafted and, and put into the Buccaneers system. You know, his whole um, philosophy back then was blitz and cover, you know. So you're either blitzing. If you're not blitzing, you're in coverage, you know. And he's got one of the best, you know, in terms of comparing the two, and we're talking interceptions-wise, there's not much in between both of them. But it just goes to show how valuable he is especially being able to blitz as well as he does for some fumbles and then get the picks at the same time. You're either, it's very rare that you find a linebacker that is equally as effective in coverage and on the blitz. It kind of edges out um, Bobby Wagner, you know, as we're talking about those forced fumbles, he's got three forced fumbles from last year, two fumble recoveries and one interception, you know, and that's three stats where he kind of leads Bobby Wagner. So as you said, he's kind of that phenomenal kind of linebacker. That, that we like to see now. Yeah, and if we're going to compare them in that terms, like Bobby Wagner does outlead him in tackles because he is that come down on the run, fill the gap kind of player where Levante is all over the field. He's in coverage. He's deflecting passes. So 
yeah, it's cool to compare them in that terms of the type of linebacker and the use that they have, as well as the defense around them too. And then what about what about his age? You know, am I right in saying that is he getting better at thirty one years of age? I would say so. I think his stats just again, if we're talking looking at the numbers, his his numbers just continually get better and better. I mean. I was surprised that Levante David went as low as he did in the draft because coming out of college, kind of looking at the two of them, I would say Levante was better. And Beck, just a quick question on the system. So as much as I'd like to give Tom Brady credit for everything in terms of how how things have changed out there at Tampa Bay, I, I guess we can't, you know, we can't go too far over the top there, you know, from a defensive side, you know, we've really got to give some uh, credit to, you know, our veterans like uh, Levante as well, as well as Todd Bowles. It just seems that, you know, he's found the right fit there with, uh, with his DC there in Todd. And, um, you know, they, they're, they're quite special on the defensive side. Um, you know, safe to say, you know, they, they won the Super Bowl for the team last year. Yeah, hundred percent. Like Tom Brady's only been at Tampa Bay for one year. So they've been building that defense and working together with their DC for many years. So it's not like it's a new thing that they've just come all together and been this great team. They've been building and working together and creating connections and all that kind of stuff to be where they are. And like you said, to take out that Super Bowl is definitely a credit to the defense. Right. And a huge word to the defensive side is that they bought them all back. They bought the championship defensive side and they went, you know what? We appreciate you guys. We'll bring you all back. And that's just smart front house and coaching, I think. Yeah. They actually brought all 22 starters back from the Super Bowl team, which and, is uh, insane. In a salary cap uh, era, that is, uh, yeah, someone is clearly very good with a calculator behind the scenes there at Tampa Bay. All right, guys, well, let's uh, let's pick ourselves a player. Very, very difficult to, uh, yeah, to two outstanding uh, players here. So, um, Stacey, going to start with you, Bobby Wagner or Dante David. Who are you going here? Oh, this is tough for me um, because I am a bit of a, a Cornhuskers fan and Levante is a Nebraska boy, um, but I've got a little bit of a soft spot for Bobby Wagner after they lost the Super Bowl. So, I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go Levante. He's just, he's just that kind of linebacker. He's a linebacker that I love, um, you know, being able to drop back in coverage and be effective on the blitz. Like, it's just... I love those linebackers. So Levante, it is for me. Yeah, look, uh, I'm finding it equally difficult to to, to split these two here. But um, look, for me, I'm going to go with Bobby. Just uh, I'm a little bit sentimental. I just think back to some of those um, historic um, Seattle defenses um, and the fact that individually he's been able to sort of continue that production just goes to show how special of a player he is. But that's no slight on Levante because, uh, yeah, that's a very close matchup. Uh Beck, I think I can guess where you're going with this one. But, uh, yeah, tell us why Bobby uh, might win this match. Yeah, it's no surprise that uh, I'm going and sticking with my Seattle Seahawks, Bobby Wagner. Um, He's just, like you said, he's a player that played within a great team and continued to be great when that team kind of fell around him. And I honestly think he's a future Hall of Famer. So, yeah, he's definitely my pick for this week. And Alex? Uh, just from all around, I think I, I got to go with Stacey on this one. Levante David, keep a 50-50 between the four of us. Um, yeah, for me, he's just exciting to watch. You, you know, but, but he can go for the quarterback if he wants. He can force the fumbles, and he gets that tackle count up there. So, for me, I think he's just – and to go into year 10 and still be getting better and better, you know, he, he's he's aging like fine wine, if you will. 
All right, guys, and to round out the show, it's time for Rapid Fire. And we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Sincere apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is singing closing time. Maybe that's what you're doing. Time on the NFL preseason. Thank God we're starting to inch our way closer uh, to the NFL season. But um, before we get there, we just want to finish off our predictions. Uh, on the last episode, we went around the grounds on the NFC. Time to do the same in the AFC. Uh, we're going to start with the AFC East, uh, the home of the New England Patriots and a division that they've dominated for quite some time. But my friends, times have changed. Uh, things are looking a little bit different there. Um, where we it's, it's going to be it's going to be very difficult to see anyone defeat Buffalo Bills. Beck, what's your thoughts here? Are we uh, unanimous in saying that Buffalo is going to win this uh, division? Yeah, I think there's no question about it. I think Josh Allen coming in and taking control of those Bills and just leading that offense to the win is what we're going to see this year out of that division. Yeah, Alex, you're particularly passionate about the next division, the AFC North, because. You know, there's quite a few storylines here, and we've got a bit of a mixed group here. I think we've all got a bit, a bit of a different opinion on who will come out on top. What's your, yeah, what's your thoughts on the AFC North? Uh, you know, th- this could go either way. Yeah, um, 100%, right? This is going to be an interesting one, I think. For me, i got to go with the Steelers. What's been interesting is they've overturned, they've kind of had an overhaul of their special teams, which makes me a little nervous, but I think their offense, especially their defense, I think they're sound. After last year, I think they can just kind of – go again this year. So for me, it's got to be the Steelers. It's interesting because, you know, a lot of the media is starting to trickle out from Pittsburgh that, you know, Ben, you know, Big Ben has found like new training methods and he's starting to train a little bit more seriously. A little bit concerning when you've been in the league for this, for uh, for so many seasons that you're just finding your way now. But anyway, we'll we'll see what Big Ben is able to produce. Um, uh, Certainly has the ability, that's for sure. Uh, Beck, what's your thoughts on the North? Yeah, it's hard to go against that Steelers defense because they are, you know, renowned for how good they are throughout the season. But um, I I just have this soft spot for the Ravens. And from day door, I've always liked following them and watching them um, with Joe Flacco and then Flacco moving on and Lamar Jackson stepping up and just being this crazy athletic uh, quarterback. I think I'm going to go with the Ravens, even though they have lost their running back. I still think that he'll be able to step up and lead the offense pretty strongly. Stacey looks like she doesn't agree with either one of us on this one. Oh, look, I ne- no, I don't. Neither of you. The Browns is where it's at in this no way. Yes, and I never thought I'd say it. I never thought that I would have been saying, I think the Browns are going to win. But, like, hear me out here, their offense is just stacked now. You know, they've just fixed up their O-line. They were hitting some form the back end of last year. I'm really looking forward to week one, actually. Yeah, look, Stacey, I agree with you. I'm going to go the Browns as well through their running game, though, just so I've got that on record. I'm still, you know, Baker Mayfield, he's got a really important year. I think he will get the contract extension, but, you know, there's OBJ coming back into their sort of... uh, you know, sort of mess up, you know, some of the some of the cohesion that he found with his receivers. Uh, Baker, you know, he seems to go through periods where he struggles with connection uh, with them, despite the fact that they're one of the most stacked units, um, you know, in the league. But, yeah, I think they're going to run their way to winning that division. But, yeah, good to see. We've got a few different uh, views on that. We'll have to keep a close eye on that one. Let's move down now to the AFC South. Uh, you know, there's a bit of a powerhouse down there uh, in the Tennessee Titans uh, does anyone uh, can can anyone debate against that? Uh, I think you know Tennessee with Tannehill, Julio Jones, uh, Derrick Henry. 
they're going to be very difficult. And we've also got to get a, give a bit of a plug to their head coach in uh, in Rabel because, you know, I guess these Bill Belichick coaches they they typically don't don't tend to uh, be too successful. But he's gone down there and and, uh, and been uh, yeah quite well. He's he's been a, a breath of fresh air down there in Tennessee. Stacey, I, I, I'm thinking you've got a bit of a different view on this one. Who's your tip for the AFC South? I reckon that the Jags could pull it out. I mean, it, it's a battle of the unknowns. We don't know what Urban Meyer is going to bring. We don't know how good Trevor Lawrence is going to be. So I don't think you can count them out of any situation right now. Yeah, I like that. And I think there's a little bit of a punter in you because, uh, yeah, again, the odds of uh, the, of Jacksonville uh, coming out and winning that would be, yeah, quite high. But, yeah, again, Trevor Lawrence, he's certainly got the talent. Can he put that team on his back in his first year? Maybe, uh, possibly, possibly. All right, guys, well, let's finish out the AFC now and let's have a look at the AFC West um, where we see the big heavyweights, the Kansas City Chiefs there. I think quite a few people have them as the as the clear winner in this division. Uh, but again, uh, Stacey, you've got a bit of a different view on this one. I do, I do, and I said this. I said this late last year, and I said it to my partner because she's a mad Chargers fan, like I've mentioned before. But Justin Herbert is something special. Don't sleep on the Chargers. Yeah, but like Justin Herbert's one player at the Chargers. We're looking at the Chiefs that have this stacked receiving team. Patrick Mahomes. They've just rebuilt their O line. Like. Do you really think the Chargers are going to get over the New team? head coach at the Chargers who was the defensive coordinator at the Rams who had the best defense in the league when he was there. They've just brought on the quarterback's coach that was working with Drew Brees to work with Herbert. They've got Mike Williams. They've got Keenan Allen. They've got, uh, what's his little name? Little running back. Austin Eckler. I mean, they could pull it out. I mean, I have to have faith. Otherwise, my household is not happy. Yeah, but I don't know how many head coaches take over a new team in the first year and go on to have a, you know, successful winning streak, top of the table kind of season. Beck, especially at his age, he's a baby. Uh, it's great to see some of these younger coaches coming in. Uh, uh, but, yeah, definitely the Sean McVay effect continues to happen. You know, I think, you know, Alex, fast forward 10 years and, and what, are we going to see 17 or 18-year-olds head coaching the NFL? Like, it's uh, it's a little bit different, uh, you know, to Beck's point and, and Stacey's point. Brendan Staley coming in, he's young. He's very young to be, uh, to be I guess, at the head of a, a multi-billion dollar franchise. Would they say yeah. the same thing about McVeigh? Yeah, and he did some great things. Like, as much as I hate to say it because he's a division rival, but he created a pretty amazing team at the Rams, but he couldn't sustain it because he spent too much money on one-year contracts that he couldn't renew. So we'll see. That's right. It's, it comes down to your front office, comes down to experience, understanding the personnel you got around you. I mean, look, Stacey, I hear where you're coming from, but the Chiefs, there's no way. No way. They're going to take it a, a take out. Take it out for 100%. I mean, they've got Clyde Edwards at running back. He's going to be the best back in the league, I think. Second year, he's going to be phenomenal. You got my personal favorite, Kyle Long. Like, come on. He's just a beast. He's a vet, but he's still a beast. And you've got Mahomes, and you've got that tight end core. Like, and Tariq Hill, wide receiver. Like, come on. Hey, look, you know how much I love an underdog punt. Sorry. I'm going to put some money on it. 
guys, and that's all the time we have tonight. Uh, thank you to my amazing panel, Stacey, Alex, as always, bringing the heat, and Beck, welcome uh, to the Sports Network. We are so excited to have you on board, um, and as we said, it's really great to uh, yeah have your expertise uh, join the network. We hope you enjoyed your first show. Yeah, it was lots of fun. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to coming back next week. No, excellent. And many, many more to come. And listeners, if you did enjoy tonight's episode, uh, please jump on, download, subscribe. We really do appreciate that. Every download really helps the Sports Network grow. And please find us on our social media platforms now as Mojo Sports. Please like, comment, send us some feedback. We really do appreciate that. And until next week, we'll see you then. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.